You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. to another episode of the Captain's Coach Podcast. Today I interviewed Nick Doctor, who was the solo captain of the University of Pennsylvania lacrosse team in 2016. He's a good friend of recent guest, Gunnar Miller, so you might recognize the Rochester accent there. Nick and I discuss a wide range of topics today from the leadership council that Penn Lacrosse has and how his coach truly let the players lead the team to the importance of empowering other leaders on your team, even when you're the leader of your team. We also discuss what being a leader is all about, and he has some great advice for those of you out there aspiring to be captains or captains looking for some guidance. It was a real pleasure having Nick on the show today, and I hope we can get to do this again in the future. And now here's our conversation on the Captain's Coach Podcast. Nick, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, Luke, how's it going? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I've been, uh, had the opportunity to check out what you guys are doing here, and I'm uh, happy to be a part of it and uh, spend some time chatting with you today. Yeah, I'm really glad Gunnar uh, got the chance to, to reach out to me after we were done and let me know that it was just something that you'd be interested. Always great having Rochester guys as well as uh, college lacrosse players. Um, great, great population to have on the show, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Gunnar and I go way back. So it was, it was uh, when he when he presented the idea to me, you know, first and foremost, I kind of checked out what you guys were doing. And it was a I thought it was a really cool idea for a podcast. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there nowadays on podcasts and stuff. But this is something uh, obviously definitely different. So like I said, really happy to uh, have the chance to talk to you today. Yeah, and awesome. And uh, for those of you that might not have caught the, the intro, uh, Nick was a captain of the 2016 University of Pennsylvania lacrosse team. So um, if you could just kind of outline some of the things that uh, UPenn Lacrosse does really well to kind of systematically build leaders on the team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I think one of the Penn does a few things really well. I think it starts early on. Um, even you know once you're committed and you know you're, you you finish up your senior year of high school, immediately you're getting reached out to and contacted by one of the upperclassmen on the team um, for the next season. Uh, that starts with you getting paired up with a, a mentor who's an upperclassman who's responsible for, um, you know, basically getting you prepared for, for the next level. And that, that's on and off the field. So everything from picking classes to making sure you're, you're following the workouts, staying in shape, um, just trying to help that transition go as smoothly as possible. Um, you know, I think that helps some of the upperclassmen who, who may be, uh, you know, a junior or a senior who's not necessarily a, a captain on the team, but they still get to play a leadership role and, uh, and, and really help the, the young guys transition, um, transition to the next level, go, go a little bit more smoothly. So I think that that's one thing um, that, that really helped my transition, I think is a, is a good opportunity for lots of different guys on the team to play a leadership position and, and develop those relationships early on. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting one. And one that I haven't, heard of and lacrosse being a spring sport as opposed to 
something like football where the underclassmen and the freshmen come in in the middle of the summer and they have the entire second half of summer, maybe longer to kind of get acclimated to the school, the campus, signing up for classes. They get to know everybody before the school, their, the school year even starts. But for lacrosse, where we don't really have that privilege of getting to school a little bit earlier than everybody else, that's a really cool idea. And I think that, like you said, plays a huge part in getting the incoming freshmen really acclimated to the kind of environment they're going to be into, gets them comfortable. You know, it's one less thing that you have to worry about. As a freshman, you know, you have enough to worry about with completely shifting from high school across to college across. If you have one less thing to worry about when it comes to school and workouts and getting to know the pattern, that definitely takes a, a big piece off your plate and makes you really comfortable with kind of your culture because you're getting to know at least one personality, maybe a couple of the team. And then, right, like you said, that secondary part of it is your team is forcing somebody who may not be in a leadership position to take on a leadership position as, as a mentor and kind of bring guys in and, and really have to, to take on the culture of, of Penn Lacrosse themselves and kind of push that down to the lowest levels. And it's not just a coach led thing or a captain led thing when it comes to that, that, that culture and making everybody feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You said it great there. Um, I think it's it's just helpful to have somebody, you know, as a freshman when you're coming in, you know, you can go to and, and lean on a little bit. And then I think it also just helps kind of to integrate the team and, and get the guys up to speed on, uh, on the culture and how things work with the program. Um, you know, it's getting juniors to hang out with freshmen and get, get to know those guys and start building those relationships. And when you have a bunch of those relationships spread out throughout the different classes, different grades, different ages, and things like that it really helps bring the locker room together and, uh, and you know, make for a more cohesive team and a, and a better overall program, I think. Yeah, and, and the team cohesion piece is, is so important when you're talking about trying to continue a culture year after year. If your, your underclass are disconnected or aren't as close with your upper class, as soon as that upper class leaves, you're probably going to have a, a culture shift. And if you have a, a positive culture, you, you want to continue that year up here. So that team cohesion piece is so important. And with that being said, is there any other things, you know, that's a great um, little, little tradition that you guys have bringing on the freshmen. Is there anything else that kind of goes on behind the scenes that, that people may not see off, off the field that you think really promoted that kind of team cohesion or any other kind of leadership development? You know, I think uh, from a leadership kind of responsibility point of view, um, I think we did a good job as a program of kind of getting all levels or all all grades of the of the each class involved in in leadership roles in in one way or another. Um, for the freshmen, that's very simple things like you know responsibilities of handling the equipment. Um, we had a, a usually a sophomore or junior handle all of our travel coordinating plans making sure we had everything we needed when we were uh, on the road and playing away games. Um, so, so that's kind of some, some, so for certain people, those were, those were smaller roles and other people, they were a little bit more important, but everybody kind of had a, a job and a responsibility. Um, you know, we also had a, a form of what we call the leadership council, which was two guys from each, each class were selected as representatives for their class to kind of one create, kind of a, an outline and a blueprint of the, you know, the goals of our season, kind of different parameters and things we wanted to achieve. 
um, you know, new ideas of ways that, that we could achieve those goals. Um, but it, it was important to have different representatives from, from each class. So one, they, they felt like, um, you know, every class was, was getting uh, represented. It's not just, you know, it, it's very easy to kind of have your, your seniors be the leaders, but when you can have guys um, throughout each grade and throughout the team um, take on leadership roles, I think it, it really helps to, you know, like I said before, have the team be integrated and, uh, you know, help with that team cohesion aspect. So we're kind of all driving towards, towards one uh, unified goal. Yeah, and those are two awesome, awesome things that you guys do. The, the one, again, an, another one that I haven't really heard of, um, specifically for the responsibilities that you mentioned for those freshmen and sophomores. And whether that be something small, like you said, like, you know, just being in charge of um, like an equipment list or making sure everybody's got what they need for away trips. If nothing else, no matter how big or small that responsibility may seem, giving a younger guy a responsibility where they're in charge of the entire group no matter how important or, or how not important it may seem um, is a big deal to that individual. And I'm sure when you had that responsibility, you know, that was a big focus for you. Um, you know, you kind of had to change your thinking a little bit and how you approached it for that week or, or, or that time frame. And then the leadership council, I love that idea. You know, I've had a couple guests on that have talked about their teams that have this, this type of leadership council or, or leadership group where you have reps from each class, and again, that just goes back to the, the team cohesion piece, making sure all the classes are on the same page, because especially in college sports, you know, teams can get a little clicky. And again, I come back to the, the freshman versus the senior thing, you know, maybe the freshmen don't understand the rules that the, the seniors are putting out. And like you said, you know, being able to bring all the classes together, get everyone's input for the season in terms of goals or the culture or, you know, things that they may want to see change. Is a, is a great idea that any coach really can, can input that at any level, um, you know, whether it's at the pro level with um, rookies and, you know, medium level veterans and then your long-term veterans. And even in high school, you could have your freshmen, sophomores, juniors and seniors. Um, how often did you guys meet that leadership council and, and, and was it like a weekly thing? And, and you know, who, who kind of set the, 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 um, the topics for that meeting? Was it, was it a captain or was it the coaches or was it kind of decided upon within the group? Yeah, it was usually um, early on. It was it was a little bit more often because just because you're trying to set the stage for the season, um, and you, you know you have a little bit more time for things like that in the fall where you're not in the uh, in the regular season mode yet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, I think it, it definitely starts and was led by the coaching staff, but more or less once those meetings got rolling, um, the coaches you know barely spoke, and it was mostly the the representatives handling. Um, doing handling most of the discussions, making sure we could get input from uh, from basically everybody that was there, and it could it could be simple things like um, you know what kind of equipment or what kind of gear we're working with, or important things like okay, what what do we need to change on the practice field, or what what can we do to um, you know change our our fitness levels, or things like that. More um, things that maybe would translate a little bit more to the to the outcome on the field, but. Uh, I'd say as the season went on, the, uh, you know, I think it was, it was important to do early on to kind of set the stage for the season going forward. Um, and then anything that came up throughout the year, uh, you know, those are the, the people that we kind of lean on to, uh, to make decisions, um, you know, to, to, to lean on things when, you know, if, like you said earlier, I think was a, a, a very important point is, you know, on a big team, a, a college across team that probably has somewhere between 40 and 50 guys. 
you you want to make sure everybody's going in the same direction and, and motivated and clicks can can tend to form at times um you know everybody has better friends and that they, you can't be best friends with everybody on a team necessarily but i think having um having that and having just kind of trying to keep the team as integrated as possible with each other at all levels um, is very important to make sure everybody's kind of moving in the right direction and has the same ideas of, of the goals that we have for the season and uh, you know, what we need to do to achieve those goals. Yeah, exactly. And it's really good that your coaches, obviously when the season starts, like you said, they happen a little more often and, and the coaches kind of drive it a little bit more, but as the season goes on, you guys are able to, as players, kind of decide what you guys need to talk about. And like you said, whether that be small things like, you know, are we wearing full sweats today, half sweats today? Um, yeah. Or is it, hey, you know, practice last two days has been garbage. What do we need to do to start? Should we start practice differently today? Should we end practice differently today? Hey, what's going on in the weight room? Do we need to switch something up with our conditioning? Um, it, it, it's awesome that your coach was able to put that much trust in the players, you know, at the, at the captain's coach, we have a quote on the website um, from, from Greg Popovich. It says uh, a player coach team will always outperform a coach coach team. And it's a prime example of exactly how you can accomplish that with a leadership council like that and letting your players make those decisions. And obviously if there's decisions that ever came out of that, that your coach severely disagreed with, or, you know, had maybe a little bit more information and kind of could reel you guys back in a little bit. He could do that if he wanted to, and there probably wouldn't be any question about it. But when you systematically build those kind of things into your program, the amount of times you're going to have to do that over time to have to reel people back in is going to slowly dwindle and dwindle and dwindle until really you don't have to. And everyone kind of gets, what the the goals and the overall intent and the culture of the team is where everyone can kind of figure it out on their own and and come up with those decisions as a leadership group. Yeah, yeah. I, I really love that quote from from Greg Popovich and it's kind of something I, I don't know if our if our coach got that from him or, or what, but he would always tell us, um, you know, tell us as as the seniors or, you know, whoever the senior class was, like, this is your team. Yeah. This is not my team as the coach. This is your team. And this season is going to be whatever you guys want to make it. Um, you know, it, it kind of falls on the senior class because they probably have the most sense of urgency in the locker room with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it being their last year and their last chance um, to kind of achieve the goals that they want to for their career. So I, I always like that. And, and, and you know, you, it's, it's a little hard to realize that early on as a you know, freshman and sophomore. But once you get to your senior year, you know, you can really feel that sense of urgency. And, uh, you know, you, you, you're really the ones driving that ship. So it's, it's good that to have a coach who, you know, recognizes that and can kind of lean on the seniors. Cause I think it's a, that quote from, from Greg Popovich is it couldn't be more accurate. You know, a player led team is, is much better off than a, you know, a coach led team. Yeah. And for your coach to say that every year to a senior class, promote that message and then actually back it up with his actions and actually let you guys <laughs> You know, it, it reinforces that that relationship of trust between the players and and the coach, and it's not just the coach preaching one thing, but then not really allowing his players to make decisions. And and obviously, he did a, a tremendous job in kind of letting that that flourish, that that player leadership. Was there anything else that your coach did really well in terms of you know developing leaders or or anything he did to mentor you personally as a captain? 
Um, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of it is a little bit like what we talked about with, uh, you know, kind of letting, letting the senior class kind of drive things. Um, I think for me personally, once I, I got to be, you know, a senior and I was, I was named, lucky enough to be named a captain, we, him and I worked fairly closely together, had regularly scheduled weekly meetings. We met every Monday, um, Monday morning to kind of assess the week. Um, reflect on the prior week, um, think about things we could change, think about things we could do better, um, kind of talk things out, talk about what's going on in the team. And sometimes he would, a lot of that time would be spent, um, you know, him and I discussing how we can kind of, you know, get the team moving in the right direction or what, because, you know, the, the seasons are constantly, it's a fluid season. Things are always changing, you know, there's ups and downs and um, you're always trying to improve. So, he he definitely helps me a lot with uh, um, just just kind of trying to handle all those things, and uh, you know he he obviously has a lot more experience with that than I do. So kind of you know managing expectations, trying to relay messages for for the team to of, uh, of things we need to improve on and things we might need to change, and because uh, I think uh, you know you touched on this a little bit with the uh, conversation you had with Gunner, but the captain a lot of times is uh, kind of the mouthpiece for the coach and kind of helps relay those messages between the coach and the, and the team and, and make sure everybody's on the same page and, um, you know, moving in the right direction with those goals. So having a, a good relationship with him and, uh, you know, speaking very often, um, I would say too, is uh, with him was a, an advantage. And that was across, you know, the entire coaching staff. Our head coach was more of a, a defensive background guy and me being an attackman we didn't work together as much per se on the x's and o's but on the offensive side of the ball too our, our offensive coordinator I worked very closely with him and you know talked a lot about him with the um some more of the leadership aspect stuff which was uh you know very helpful I think and, and great for my uh development and hopefully you know helps me be a better leader yeah and I like that that piece you know being the mouthpiece for your for your coach and kind of the coaching staff as well as the earpiece and it's not even just being the mouthpiece and kind of you know just parroting back what the coaches kind of said to you but taking his message figuring out the best way to relay that and actually putting it in words and and relaying it in a way whether that be in a group setting or you know individual classes or at the leadership council you have the ability to kind of figure out and decide the best way to relay those messages. And then on top of that, you know, you're meeting every Monday, which is so important as, as a coach and a coaching staff to meet with your leaders and develop them, you know, as an individual leader, you should always be reflecting. And, you know, it's always we, we, one of the tenets of leadership at the captain's coach is that leadership is expression. And, and, and part of that is, being able to reflect and understand the decisions throughout the day you've made, your behaviors, what you want to change, what you want to keep consistently doing and building upon. But if you as a coach can assist leaders in doing that and kind of go over, you know, hey, what do you think you did well this week? Um, why do you think that was effective? What can, you, what can you continue doing this week to kind of build on the success you had last week? As an individual and, and as a team, what can we continue doing as well? So it sounds like that, I mean, that's a, of utmost importance as a coach. And I know you had a, a very special relationship with your coach. You know, we were talking a little bit before how you were actually a, a solo captain your senior year, and that's not always the case. Actually, very rarely in college or across do you see a solo captain. 
Um, and I know that's not a, a, a tradition by any means at, at Penn. So do you think it was effective having you by yourself? Did you, did you enjoy that? How, how much of a challenge was it if you could kind of walk through kind of what that was like for you being a, being a solo captain of a 50-person team? Yeah, yeah, I would say um, yeah, the short answer definitely wasn't easy. Um, <laughs> you know, kind of when I going into it, it all kind of happened pretty fast, to be honest. We had a, you know, we ended up losing um, my junior year. The season's over and, you know, we're, you know, still still at school, still finishing up finals and stuff. You know, we're wrapping up some end of the year meetings and things like that. And, uh, you know, we at Penn, we typically vote on captains like a lot of other teams do. Um, and some other guys on the team were, you know, obviously it gets brought up and, uh, you know, I, I really wanted, you know, I had a, an idea that I might be a captain and I, I, I was really of the, the, the belief that I, I did not want to be a solo captain. I wanted other people, at least one, if not more, um, more people to be a captain right. as well. So, you know, I, when I found out that it, it, it was just me, it was a little, uh, I was definitely, you know felt really, you know, it, it was, a, uh, you know, I felt honored to be selected by my teammates first and foremost. And, uh, but it was definitely a little, uh, scary having that pressure. Cause I, I know I had talked to, you know, I've been close with other guys on the team who've been captains before. And I, I know it's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of weight on your shoulders. So it was definitely, um, it was a little bit of a shock at first, but, you know, I think, uh, I talked a lot, like I said, talked a lot with uh, my coaching staff and the guys around me and um, you know, I, and I, I will say, although I was, you know, technically on paper, the solo captain, I, I, when I, when I first realized that I was going to be the solo captain and when I was trying to think it through, think through the process of, you know, what's the best way to go about this, how to, how to handle decisions and, and, and things like that. Um, I knew I, I wasn't gonna be able to do it alone. So I, I, I definitely, although I was a solo captain, I definitely leaned a lot on um, other guys in my senior class. Um, definitely the the other seniors in my class the most. Um, you know, it was like I said, despite being a technically a solo captain, it was very much a, a senior led team um, throughout. And and not only the seniors as well, but I also kind of tried to lean on a few guys that I knew um, were kind of more or less the leaders of their class, the younger. Um, the underclassmen a little bit. So a couple guys that I knew kind of people respected, whether they were, you know, a guy who's getting on the field as a younger guy, or just one of the guys that who's kind of, you know, you could tell kind of has those leadership tendencies and is respected by his classmates. So I definitely leaned on those guys a lot to, to make decisions, to kind of get the pulse of what's going on with guys uh, that they might be a little closer with who are underclassmen, things like that. So I think uh, that was the, a huge, huge thing that I'm really glad I did and, you know, try to get as much input from other guys as I could to try to, you know, keep the pulse of the team and, and, uh, you know, make decisions when they had to be made and, and things like that and make sure, um, you know, everybody's kind of on the same page with everything. Yeah. And I'm glad that's, that's the way you went about it. Cause it's the exact way that you should go about it as a solo captain. I think sometimes when people get put in that position and they don't have the kind of mentorship that you had with your coaching staff or the close knit team that you had, they can think that they have to assume all leadership responsibility, even if there's more than one captain. 
you know, maybe two guys or three guys, they all think that they need to take every leadership role there is on the team. And especially as a solo captain, that could be pretty daunting, but understanding that you're not going to be able to fill all those roles. You know, every team needs, you know, a, a locker room guy needs a rah-rah speech guy needs, needs a mm-hmm. sideline energy guy needs, needs a disciplinarian. You can't, you're not always going to be able to fill those roles, but understanding that you need to be able to identify what the team needs and being able to empower the rest of your class. And like you said, empowering those underclassmen is such a great way about going, going about being a captain. And, you know, my conversation with, with Sam Walker the other day, he's the author of a phenomenal book called the captain class. He was talking about a conversation he had with, with Tom Brady and and Tom, Tom Brady was saying about being a leader, you know, it's like, it's, being a leader is about doing your job so everyone else can do their job. And that's exactly what being a captain is. And, and in his book, um, he kind of lays out that you need to be the kind of guy that knows some stuff is going to be taken care of by other leaders on the team, or, you know, some skills are going to be taken care of on the team. But you have to be the guy or gal that takes care of everything else. And if you can know that your teammates are taking care of some of the other things, it's less things that you have to worry about as a captain. You know, you have enough to worry about. You don't need to worry about taking on five different roles uh, of leadership. So I think that's a, that's a, a awesome, awesome way that you did that. And I'm sure a lot of valuable lessons learned there with delegation of authority and, and a lot of good conversations you had with guys on the team. Was, was there anything you wish you could have done differently during your time as a captain? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, you know, a couple things, one one glaring scenario, um, not glaring, but I'd say one time we had a a situation where we we typically left it up to ourselves. This is kind of a program way of doing things to kind of police ourselves a little bit and monitor how we handle our social lives um, as student athletes. So kind of managing, you know, when it was okay to go out and when it wasn't based on the schedule and the season and, and what's going on with things. Um, right. You know, obviously we're, you know, we're, we're college kids. We're, 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 we're there to play lacrosse, but we also want to enjoy ourselves. Um, and, you know, it, it's all dependent on the schedule and things like that. Um, right. You still got to find there, time to, to kind of relax throughout the season. Yeah, of course. It, it's all, and, it, and the biggest thing is it's all about balance. You got to, you got to realize when, you know, you have a couple, you know, maybe you have a two, two games in a week, you know, you're not going to be going out as much or, but, you know, if you have a big win on a Saturday night, it's okay to, to, to relax a little bit and uh, blow off a little steam every now and then. Um, but there, you know, there was some tough decisions where of managing those, managing those decisions that, you know, in hindsight, we probably could have managed a little better and, I think, uh, you know, at times it's, it's tough to uh, tell guys um, who maybe aren't playing as much or maybe on the scout team or things like that, tell those guys, um, you know, they can't go out or they can't, they can't do some, some social aspects of, of uh, the college, you know, of the college life that we were living. Um, and I think at times I was a little, you know, I, I tried to be as fair with it as possible, but I think sometimes I let that get the best of me, um, you know, not wanting to tell people no. Mm-hmm. And looking back, you know, I think there was one game directly that probably 
I could have had that could have could have changed and could have gone a different way. You know, we ended up losing that game. It was a it was a quick turnaround from a, a Saturday game to a Tuesday game, and um, you know, we ended up going out after that on a on a Saturday night. And I don't know if that directly had an impact on on our on our game the following Tuesday, but that was you know that was ended ended up being my last home game at ten, and we ended up losing that game at home. Um, so for you know maybe it's a uh, hindsight's 2020 or maybe it's just you know wishful thinking that something as simple as that you know obviously there's a hundred plays that that could have affected that game that was one thing I wish I was just uh you know more disciplined to to be able to kind of put the hammer down on that and hold people more accountable because you know now looking back on that that I don't have that that chance to go out there that um you know that that last win on uh at Penn would have been wouldn't have been a lot sweeter than, you know, than any, any night out or, or anything like that. So I just say, you know, don't be afraid to sacrifice. Honestly, but I guess the lesson there is, you know, don't be able to, don't be afraid to sacrifice things, um, you know, big or small to, uh, to achieve, you know, goals that you've been pursuing for, you know, a large part of your life um, is kind of the lesson there. Yeah. And that, and, and it, I like you use the word balance there and not just, you know, you got to balance, letting loose and, and being a little more strict, but also as a leader, you know, it, it sounds like you, you looking back, you think you struggled a little bit with that balance between accountability and, and empathy with your teammates. And I think that's something all captains go through, especially at the college and high school level where you're very, very close with everybody on your team and you guys like hanging out with each other and, and people's personalities can get, a little more affected since you're around each other almost the three quarters of the year every day for three hours. Um, being able to balance the, the accountability and empathy is always a challenge, and you struggling with it is no different than than the struggle that every team goes through. I know we we went through the same thing on our team as well. So I think just being able to acknowledge that in and of itself is a, is a great piece. And and you know for for any other captains out there that might be struggling with that that balance of, of holding your teammates accountable without, you know, being afraid that you're going to sow some, some discontent with people on the team. Um, you know, that's just, it just comes with communication and, and letting people know where it's coming from. And if everyone understands, you know, this is, this is the reasons why we're doing these things. If you disagree, like we can talk about it. Um, but, mm -hmm. like, but like you said, you know, hindsight's 2020, it probably didn't have the, the effect that you think it had, you know, there's a million plays over the cross game. So, I wouldn't beat yourself up too much over that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying not to lose too much sleep over yeah. it, but uh, <laughs> I thought it was a good example. Yeah, no, it is. Something. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, hey, Nick, I don't want to take uh, too much of your time, so we're going to head more to the, the end of this. Is there any other advice that uh, you would give fellow captains today or, or anyone kind of aspiring to develop their leadership skills? Yeah, I would say, you know, first and foremost, you kind of you got to take care of yourself. Um, you know, and that's on and off the field. That's making sure you're, you know, you're taking care of your classwork off the field. And then on the field, you're, you're ready to go. You know, your, your body's in shape, you know, for lacrosse, your, your skills and your stick skills are in shape. Um, you know, you're mentally focused day in, day out. Um, you know, you have to be able to take care of yourself and take care of your own business before you can worry about, worry about leading anybody else. Um, that, that's kind of the biggest thing. So, you know, doing everything you can, you know, and that, and that starts as a, you know, a freshman and sophomore doing the right things, working hard, putting in the extra work in the off season, putting in work, you know, before and after practice, 
all that stuff adds up. And, uh, and, you know, I think to people around you also notice that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's a lot easier to, to follow someone, um, who is your, you know, your team leader, your captain, um, when you know they're, they're busting their butt day in and day out, putting in the work in the off season, um, putting in the work off the field. Cause you know, you know, when they tell you to do something, they're do they're telling you to do it for the best interest of the team because they're, they're putting in all the work that they can to be the best that they can. And they really just want the best for, for you as an individual player and the best for the team. So I think it really starts with holding yourself accountable. And that is what allows you to hold others accountable around you and kind of develop those leadership traits that we've, we've talked about. Yeah. And that goes right with the, the, the first tenet of leadership at the captain's coaches is everything rises and falls with leadership. And, and the number one aspect of that is ownership. And taking ownership of yourself first and foremost, and back to what we were talking about earlier, when you do your job, it allows everyone else to do their job. So if you're taking care of yourself in all those ways you mentioned, no one else has to worry about it. And then as a leader, not only does everyone else not have to worry about it, they see you as an example. And then on, on your side, if you've done your preparation in the off season, if you've prepared yourself on the field, if you've put all the focus there ahead of time, now when it comes time to make a leadership decision, you don't have to worry about how it affects you because you're fine. You know, you can focus on the rest of the team. And that was kind of what I was getting at a little bit earlier is, you know, you get to think about everybody else, but you can't do that if you're worrying about your own game, if you're worrying about something that's going on in your life. So if you can get everything you can as, as put together as possible, it really allows you to become more of a, a of a certain servant leader for sure. So I really like that advice for, for any captains or, or anybody in a leadership position out there. Yeah. And I, and I will say too, it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, I, there was definitely times when I was kind of still trying to figure this whole thing out where, you know, I definitely could tell my game was slipping a little bit myself because I was too busy worrying about, you know, other people or, you know, mm-hmm. a freshman dropping a pass in, in, uh, in warmups or things like that. So it's, it's a really a, a, a fine line and a balancing act of, um, you know, obviously you have to hold the people accountable or around you um, or the people around you accountable, but you, you also have to, you know, stay on top of yourself, keep putting in the work um, and, and always be focusing, you know, holding yourself accountable as much as you hold everybody else accountable, even when you're a captain, I think is, is important as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and like you said, it's not easy. You know, if, it, if leadership was easy, um, you know, everybody would do it. So yeah, yeah. To go to my my next my favorite question, uh, what is your definition of leadership? Um, you know, I think my definition of leadership is, or you know, I guess you could say a leader is is someone that you trust to to motivate you and help you achieve your goals. Um, you know, that's not necessarily something you kind of you would find in the dictionary or anything like that. That's just kind of the way I think about it. Um, when I was, you know, when I think about who, who I look up to as leaders and, you know, captains who I've had the privilege to play, you know, on the team with before. And then mm-hmm. what I tried to be as, as I was a captain, um, I think, you know, I think the trust is, is very important. Um, and I think that comes from the accountability aspect that we just talked about. And, and really it's all about kind of, as a leader, you're trying to galvanize the team or the group that you're working with um, to achieve the, the same goal, um, which is, you know, one of the most awesome parts about 
playing a, a college sport or playing playing a sport at any level really is you know that that team aspect um that team aspect of it and and having the, the opportunity to to be a captain and be a leader on your team um you know i'm a big believer that you know just because you're not a captain doesn't mean you can't be a leader so you know having that that opportunity to to motivate people to to achieve their goals and and being trusted to do that i think is is kind of what my definition of a of a leader and, and having leadership is yeah i love those those three aspects of leadership so much that that trust is such a huge piece because if if those who are supposed to follow you aren't trusting you they're not they don't have that trust then one they're probably not going to follow you and and at that point you're not a leader of anybody you're just walking and if they don't trust you and they still have to kind of follow whatever you're doing you're not a leader either you're just a an authoritarian who's kind of commanding from just a, a position of authority rather than a position of trust, a position of leadership. Um, and then that motivation, you know, there's so much to that understanding what your teammates, you know, their backgrounds, what, what motivates them and being able to leverage that to influence them. Um, and then that final piece is, you know, kind of the, the, the end, the, the end where the means kind of come is the achieving goals. You know, what's actually the point of leadership? It's, it's so that individuals and groups can achieve some sort of positive common goal on an individual and a group level. So I think that's great. And I think you pretty much nailed, you know, those are the, some of the biggest responsibilities of a team captain are all three of those things, you know, galvanizing a team, bringing everybody together. And then, so you can achieve those goals. So I think that's great. Are there any other, um, you know, like big characteristics or, or factors that you think make a great captain? Um, you know, I think it kind of just what we talked about, but I think it's the, the trust, the dependability and the accountability. I think, you know, it's kind of easy to identify the goals of, mm -hmm. or more or less, it's, it's usually relatively yeah. easy. You know, you want to win, you want to win right. championships, you want to win, you know, you want to win your league, you want to win championships, things like that. Um, the hard part is one, developing that trust to, to put in the work. So when, you know, the leaders on the team, whether it's a coach or a captain or an upperclassman, they tell you something either, you know, they tell you what, what we have to do to achieve those goals, whether it's, you know, waking up early to, to practice or running sprint after practice or staying late to, to get extra reps in. Those things aren't easy to, to tell people and, and demand right. out of people. So you, you have to have that trust in your leaders to, uh, to know that, you know, that when they tell you something hard you have to do, you know it's for the benefit to achieve those goals. And then the the other tough thing is is the accountability aspect of it. You know, I think the, you know, as a leader, you, it's really important to to hold the people account around you accountable. Um, and that's little things, you know, in lacrosse, you know, shooting overhand and you know, touching every line on your sprint. I think those things, although they sound silly, and you know, you hear every coach harp on it um, at every level, really. And, you know, you're here yourself when, you, when you're running sprints, you know, the last thing you want to hear is your coach saying, make sure you touch the line. But I think, you know, going through the season, those things add up and you need to right. kind of develop that. Um, you know, you need to hold each other accountable so that you can all develop that mental toughness uh, and trust with each other that, you know, everybody else is, is busting their butt just as hard as you. And they're going to put every last inch of effort that they have into this thing to, to try to achieve those goals. So I think, you know, those, those are really the three biggest aspects of it for me. I think just the, the trust, the, uh, the accountability and, and then the motivation aspect of it.
Awesome. I love it. Before I let you go, I got to get your uh, uh, a favorite book or, or a book you uh, recommend pretty often. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think one that I've read, uh, read it a while ago now, but it, it's uh, one of my favorites. And I think it definitely has applies to a lot of the aspects of leadership that we, we talk about today is uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Oh, yeah. It's I love the story of, of, of uh, yeah. So it's, you know, Phil Knight's, uh, you know, background of how he started, got started with Nike and, and kind of developed the, his business there. And obviously everybody knows what Nike is, but uh, the backstory of it's very cool. Um, and, you know, when you're reading it initially, you you don't necessarily, you might not, the, the leadership aspects and the leadership qualities mm -hmm. might not necessarily jump out at you. But when you think about it, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of aspects that, you know, that we talked about today and that we've, you've, you've talked about on, on other podcasts and things like that, that, that he, he showed as a leader in, uh, you know, simple things like making tough decisions, leading by example, holding people accountable, um, always striving to, to improve. Um, there's a lot of underlying themes of leadership there. And, and, and honestly, it's just a, a really cool story about, uh, how that, how, how Nike came to be. So that, that's a, a book that one of my favorites and one I definitely recommend. Yeah. I love shoe dog. Um, it was, a, it was a great, a great read and it was cool. He, he didn't really talk about the good use of Nike, you know, it was everything building up to kind of when Nike really took off. So I enjoyed that. And like you said, you might not think about it as a leadership book, but really when you, when you get into it and you kind of really analyze the decisions that he had to make and the tough decisions he made and those really tough decisions they were in or those tough environment situations they were in like you said it's just like a great example of of leadership when it comes down to it um do you have a do you have a favorite quote to go along with the book yeah yeah this isn't uh from the book necessarily um but this is a quote that someone told me once um about leadership and it's actually uh i don't know if you you're familiar with this but we every year at penn we did uh a thing called the program i'm sure you're familiar with it yeah it's uh run by um, former Navy SEALs who developed this program more or less to, uh, you know, they come in and work with a lot of college programs all over the country and all different sports and, and really help to uh, develop leaders through shared adversity and different uh, physical fitness and, and tasks like that. Um, really, really awesome thing that I was really fortunate to be a part of at Penn. But one of the guys, um, one of the guys told me once that, you know, and this quote is not, not verbatim necessarily, but the high level of it is uh, an imperfect plan with 100% buy-in from the people around you will always be, uh, you know, a perfect plan on paper that doesn't necessarily have the 100% the buy-in. Right. So I, I think the kind of the, the gist of that quote is, you know, if you don't need, necessarily need to have the perfect, you know, talking in sports, you don't necessarily need to have the perfect game plan. But if you have, you know, the, the full buy-in of all 50 guys in your locker room and everybody's committed, um, everybody's moving in the right direction and committed to the same goals and holding each other accountable and, you know, doing all the things that we talked about today, they're going to be much more successful um, than a team with, you know, the perfect X's and O's game plan or the, you know, maybe the more talented team or things like that. Um, it's really more about the buy-in when it comes to, being successful in, uh, in, in really any team aspect um, of goals that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I really like that quote, and you, you summed it up pretty well. It, uh, it reminds me of you know, saying in, in the military we have is, you know, the only thing worse than a, than a bad decision is, is no decision. So I think those, those two kind of go hand in hand. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Right. It, it really, I, I like the message behind it too. It's, it's yeah. really simple, but it's, uh, you know, I think it's definitely very applicable here. Yeah, always. Well, Nick, uh, I'm eating up about an hour of your time, so I don't want to take any more of it, but thanks. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Really enjoyed talking to you. Like I said, always good to have another lacrosse guy on um, and, and, uh, and a mutual friend as well. So thanks again for coming on the show. Great stuff. Yeah, thanks, Luke. I really appreciate you having me. I really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulos. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.